This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of THA rehabilitation from the recon section on orthobullets.com. Rehabilitation requires a coordinated effort from the orthopedic surgeon, physical therapist, occupational therapist, case manager, nursing staff, as well as the patient and the patient's family. Care can be broken down into different phases, including preoperative teaching, inpatient acute care that is in the hospital, inpatient extended care that is a rehab or a skilled nursing facility, and finally, outpatient home care. Now, let's go into each of these different phases in a bit more detail. We'll start with preoperative teaching. Preoperative physical therapy has not been shown to improve postoperative outcomes. Again, with respect to physical therapy, preoperative physical therapy has not been shown to improve postoperative outcomes. As far as hip precautions, these are useful if discussed before surgery. As far as types of hip precautions, in the posterolateral approach, avoid flexion past 90 degrees, extreme internal rotation, as well as adduction past the body's midline. Again, in the posterolateral approach, avoid flexion past 90 degrees, extreme internal rotation, as well as adduction past the body's midline. With the anterolateral approach, avoid extension, extreme external rotation, as well as adduction past the body's midline. Again, in the anterolateral approach, avoid extension, extreme external rotation, as well as adduction past the body's midline. And finally, in the direct anterior approach, avoid bridging, extension, extreme external rotation, as well as adduction past the body's midline. Again, with the direct anterior approach, avoid bridging, extension, extreme external rotation, as well as adduction past the body's midline. Now, let's talk about inpatient acute care in the hospital. As far as pain management, preoperatively, NSAIDs and opioids should be given immediately before the procedure to reduce postoperative pain. Intraoperatively, regional anesthesia that is spinal and or epidural is preferred over general anesthesia. Again, regional anesthesia that is spinal and or epidural is preferred over general anesthesia. Intraoperatively, periarticular multimodal drug injections are used to decrease postoperative pain with minimal risks. Postoperatively, a multimodal oral drug therapy is the gold standard. As far as physical therapy goals, the first goal is sitting upright, then gait training, ambulation with a walker, and then out of bed to chair, then transfers and gait normalization, and then finally, independence. Discharge home criteria is based on independent ambulation with an assistive device, independent transfers, independent activities of daily living, stairs with supervision, as well as appropriate home assistance, such as a spouse, family, and or visiting nurses. Moving on to inpatient extended care or rehab, earlier discharge to rehab from the hospital is associated with improved outcomes. Again, earlier discharge to rehab from the hospital is associated with improved outcomes. Discharge criteria to home is similar to those in the hospital. Finally, as far as outpatient care, let's talk about return to sport, driving recommendations, and return to work. As far as return to sport, low-impact exercises are preferred. As far as golf, handicap shows minimal change after total hip arthroplasty. However, handicap shows an increase after total knee arthroplasty. Keep in mind that high-impact exercises increases revision rates in patients less than 55 years old. Again, high-impact exercises increases revision rates in patients less than 55 years old. As far as driving recommendations, patients may drive 3 to 4 weeks after a right total hip arthroplasty and less than 3 to 4 weeks after a left total hip arthroplasty. Of course, these are the recommendations in the United States 
based on the fact that the right leg is the driving leg. Keep in mind that overall reaction time returns to preoperative levels at four to six weeks. This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say it again. Reaction time returns to preoperative levels at four to six weeks. And finally, as far as return to work, this can be done within a month if no manual labor. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over two questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 68-year-old male undergoes a left total hip arthroplasty. After this particular procedure, when are nearly all patients driving reaction times returned to their preoperative level? And the choices are 1, 3 months, 2, 2 months, 3, 4 weeks, 4, 2 weeks, and 5, 1 week. The correct answer to this question is three, four weeks. So when a patient who undergoes primary total hip arthroplasty, driving reaction time typically returns to preoperative levels in four to six weeks. Several factors can influence return to driving after total hip arthroplasty. In addition to the initial postoperative pain and weaning from narcotic medication, reaction time is also affected by side of surgery, extent of lengthening, and progression with rehabilitation. A small number of patients may convert from one-footed to two-footed drivers after surgery. Gans et al. studied the driving reaction time of 55 patients aged 34 to 85 years old who underwent total hip arthroplasty using a simulation driving assessment. Physical therapy protocols were standardized. They found that reaction time worsened at the one-week postoperative time point, but then improved up to one year after surgery. Most patients returned to the preoperative reaction time in four to six weeks. Three patients in the study became two-footed drivers postoperatively. Cooper completed a systematic review of return to driving after orthopedic surgical procedures and suggests that future research be conducted using established timeframes as reference. And moving on to the final question, a 60-year-old female underwent hybrid total hip arthroplasty with good position of implants and postoperatively is instructed not to extend, adduct, and externally rotate the hip to prevent dislocation. What approach was likely performed? And the choices are 1. Southern, 2. Stapa approach, 3. Smith-Peterson, 4. Coker-Langenbach, and 5. Fanesteel approach. The correct answer to this question is 3. Smith-Peterson. So the position to dislocate a hip anteriorly is extension, adduction, and external rotation, which is the position at risk after an anterior approach. Hips are most likely to dislocate the direction of the approach, assuming the implants are correctly positioned. Other important variables to total hip arthroplasty stability include component design, component alignment, soft tissue tensioning, and soft tissue function. That's all for this review about THA rehabilitation. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.